You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. In this podcast, we share stories and updates from persecuted Christians, analyze current persecution trends, and always bring it back to prayer. We hope that this helps you to feel more connected to your persecuted family. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast where we share stories from around the world about Christians that face persecution and discrimination for their faith, and we take the time to pray for them. I'm Nicolette, and this is Andrew. And uh, today, uh, we want to bring your attention back to Sub-Saharan Africa. Now, we've talked a lot about Sub-Saharan Africa recently on the podcast, Nicolette. Uh, In fact, I think the last podcast you and I did together was about violence in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Mm -hmm. And if you've been tracking with Open Doors at all this year, uh, we've talked a lot about violence in sub-Saharan Africa, how it's growing, it's a a growing concern. And we are going to continue to talk about that because it is a growing concern. And and so Open Doors has recognized this. Uh, We need to speak up about it. We need the church praying about it. And so we've actually launched... uh, uh, four-year campaign called Arise Africa. Mm -hmm. And you may have heard us talk about Arise Africa before, but just to describe it a little bit. um, Yeah, because of this uh, growing trend of violence, Open Doors has decided to really put a focus on the church in Sub-Saharan Africa and make sure that we're supporting them. So we have different goals related to that. One of them is that uh, over the course of four years, we want to help four million Christians in Sub-Saharan Africa in addition to our other work. Um, and then another thing is that we're, we really want to encourage the global church to be praying for the church there because we believe in the power of prayer. So Absolutely. that's what we're going to do today. Absolutely. And so we want to draw your attention today and tell you about uh, a Nigerian woman, Rhoda. Mm-hmm. She's a Christian, a mother of five, uh, who has been detained for more than a year, has not yet had a trial. Uh, her trial is coming up, though, uh, November 27th. And she's facing up to three years in prison. Yeah, so um, we really want to pray for Rhoda, and so we're going to share her story. And uh, her story actually starts with uh, someone else. Uh, There was this student named Deborah Samuel um, from Nigeria as well. And uh, she was accused of blasphemy uh, because of a message that she sent in a WhatsApp group chat. Um, and it caused an outrage uh, in her class, and um, her fellow students attacked her. They stoned her, and she was actually burned to death by her classmates um, because of uh, this alleged blasphemy. And um, that happened in May of 2022, and till now, nobody has been held accountable for her death. Now, one week later from that event, uh, May 20th, 2022, Rhoda sends, she's a a healthcare worker from Northern Nigeria. She is arrested uh, because she reportedly uh, forwarded a blasphemous WhatsApp message to her colleagues. Now, in that message, she condemns the killing of Deborah Samuel. Yeah. Um, So because of this message that she forwarded, Um, That also sparked an outrage, and uh, Rhoda was arrested. She was taken from her home, and actually um, another mob formed, and they were going to attack Rhoda 
um, and she was arrested, so they couldn't do that. But when they couldn't find her, when the attackers couldn't find her, they instead targeted the Christians in the neighborhood. They ended up injuring 10 people and they damaged properties. And uh, Rhoda's family was actually forced to flee their home and live somewhere else because of that. Yeah, so that was May of 2022. In December of 2022, she was officially charged with, and I'll read the, the charge, mm -hmm. intention to disturb the public peace in which the content, content of the video is a blasphemy of the Prophet Muhammad, which seriously incited disturbance and caused the breach of peace of the community that led to the destruction of many shops and houses. So these charges, they actually carry uh, a sentence of up to three years imprisonment or, and or fine. Mm -hmm. So her case is scheduled to be heard on November 27th in just a few days, and we're asking for you to pray for Rhoda. She's been in detention for one and a half years, and during this time, several requests for her bail have been uh, denied because of the possible risk of riots, according to her lawyer uh, in a press statement. Mm -hmm. Now, Open Doors uh, legal expert for Sub-Saharan Africa, John Samuel, uh, said this about this situation. Mm -hmm. Rhoda Jatu legitimately exercised her right of freedom of expression and freedom of religion or belief in a peaceful manner. And it is unacceptable that she is being prosecuted for merely sharing content that condemns the violence against Deborah, while no action is being taken about those against those involved in the mob violence following the disclosure of her alleged blasphemous WhatsApp message, nor has action been taken against those involved in the mob violence that took the life of Deborah. Yeah. So Christians are a minority in northern Nigeria, and they face ongoing discrimination, and they face high levels of pressure for their faith. And that includes these casual accusations of blasphemy that can have very serious uh, impact on their life and can lead to violence. This is what John Samuel says about uh, these blasphemy laws. The way the mob violence against both Deborah and Rhoda is handled clearly shows the concerning culture of impunity against perpetrators of violence in parts of Nigeria. The legal criminal criminalization of blasphemy, which is against the Nigerian constitution and international human rights standards, has contributed to the increase of mob violence. Yeah, so we know that violence is an issue, but if you look a little closer, you can see that it's blasphemy laws that can actually lead to violence. Um, blasphemy laws are in place across Nigeria, and in the southern part of Nigeria, blasphemy is punishable with imprisonment, but in the 12 northern states that are governed by Sharia law, it can actually carry the death sentence. Now, both the European Union and the United Nations have repeatedly raised concerns and called on the Nigerian government to repeal these laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it actually, in their most recent letter to the Niger to Nigeria's government, dated August 2023, but it was only recently published, uh, in the absence of a formal response from uh, from the Nigerian government, the UN Special Rapporteur highlighted the cases of Deborah Samuel and Rhoda Jatu. Mm -hmm. So both the European Union and the United Nations have taken note of blasphemy laws, and they say this about them. Uh, blasphemy laws legit legitimize negative and violent social attitudes towards members of religious minorities and encourage and lead to acts of violence against them by individuals holding extreme religious and political views. So, blasphemy laws uh, 
are against human rights and they are actually leading to violence against Christians and mob violence. And then, but those people per perpetrating the mob violence are actually basically doing it with impunity. They're not being punished. The people who said something that caused the mob violence are the ones being punished. And this is exactly the case for Rhoda, right? Rhoda has forwarded something on WhatsApp, condemned the killing of, of uh, Deborah Samuel, and now she's being charged mm -hmm. because a mob violence was started because of that. But no one in the mob who committed violence is being charged. Yeah, so um, as you're listening to this, I'm sure you share that feeling with us that this is just so unjust and it's so frustrating to hear about what uh, Rhoda is dealing with. And so as her, especially as her trial is coming up on November 27th, um, we ask that you take time on November 27th to say a prayer for Rhoda, remember uh, her story and, and bring it before the Lord. And uh, we also want to take a moment to do that right now. So would you please join us in prayer for Rhoda? Uh, Lord, today uh, we think of our sister Rhoda who, um, who said something uh, to stand up for um, our sister in Christ, Deborah, whose life was taken um, when it shouldn't have been taken. And uh, we think of Rhoda and how she's been missing from her family for a year and a half um, because she stood up for what's right. And uh, Lord, um, we ask that you be with her uh, right now as her trial is approaching. Uh, Lord, um, we're not sure what she's feeling, if she's um, anxious, if she's uh, feeling hopeless or alone. Uh, but Lord, we believe that wherever she is right now, we know that you are with her. And we pray, Lord, that you would comfort her in this moment. Uh, may you give her strength. Uh, may her faith be strong. And I pray that wherever she is right now, that she would be so encouraged uh, by your presence and, and uh, by the prayers of the global church. Because, Lord, today uh, we hear her story and we stand with her. And um, we ask, Lord, um, that you would bring justice uh, for her, that she will be released. Um, that she'll be able to be reunited with her family, um, be reunited um, to her community. Uh, Lord, we pray that she would even get to um, return to her job or her work. Um, we pray that she would get to experience uh, healing for the um, emotional and mental difficulty it must have been for her to, to be away from her home for such a long time and to face so much injustice. Um, Lord, we pray that um, she would be completely restored to her family and that she will not uh, be imprisoned um, um, uh, under uh, charges that she shouldn't be facing. And uh, Lord, we just pray that this kind of thing would not continue to take place in Nigeria, that when uh, your people stand for justice, Lord, we pray that they would not be wrongfully punished. And uh, we also pray um, for the church. Um, we know that things like this can have a strong impact on uh, the Christian community around them, and it can cause uh, fear. And Lord, we just pray that the, the church in sub-Saharan Africa would stay strong, um, that they would uh, continue to seek you, and that they wouldn't give up faith, um, but that uh, more people would come to know Christ when they see how uh, the church in sub-Saharan Africa still has hope and still holds on to you despite the pressure that they face, and that it would draw more people um, to you as well. So we lift uh, Rhoda before you and we pray, Lord, that you'd be with her um, on her trial, during her trial. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. We are 
Uh, so grateful that you've tuned in. We're so grateful for your prayers for our First Security family. Continue to be in prayer uh, this week for Rhoda and for others who are uh, facing so much persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you know when our next episode is out. You can learn more about what persecuted Christians face and how you can help strengthen them on our social media at Open Doors Canada or at our website, opendoorscanada.org.